even you do a lot of analysis, do evaluation, and you believe you found a so-called a diamond that might can change your life, but the management, the corporate governance of that company might not be good at that at the level understand. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever, stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest, Weerawat Kirin Ratana. We'll also call you We. How about that? We, are you ready to rock? Yes, sure. Very glad to be here. All right. All right. Well, let me tell the audience a little bit about you. I'm going to call you your nickname because in Thailand, we often use nicknames. Uh-huh. We holds an MBA from Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT Sloan School of Management. He also holds a bachelor's degree in engineering from Chulalongkorn University with first class honors and a gold medal. Weirwat is currently a vice president of investment advisory at CM Commercial Bank. In his role, he provides asset allocation strategies and investment recommendations for private banking and affluent customers. Prior to this role, he was a vice president of corporate strategy at SCB. He shaped the direction for the bank by developing strategic and tactical business plans and drove many transformation initiatives such as national e-payment. Before joining SCB, he was a management consultant at Corn Ferry Hay Group in the Southeast Asia office with more than four years of experience in human capital management, organizational development, and performance management. We take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life. Apart from my professional life, I also, as a so-called value investor, my investing style focuses on fundamental. And my role model is Warren Buffett. Amen. Well, I think a lot of people can relate to that. Mm-hmm. I like to uh, always keep in mind the title of his book, Snowball, and how that <laughs> right. really the one thing that he always kind of finds probably baffling is that, you know, he, he, one thing he did really well is he kept his market, his money in the market for many decades and the result of that is you get a snowball effect of compound right whereas many people are thinking they're going to get smart and take it out and then put it in and then take it out and sell now and buy then he -hmm. just left it in and let it grow and of course he made great investments along the way so that word snowball is such a great title for his book so Mm -hmm. All right. Well, now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. My story is about my investment in foreign market to be specific in Vietnamese market. I'm, I'm start invest in this market uh, last year. And early this year, I discovered one company is doing a business about irradiation. I mean, providing the radiation rays to preserve the food, the seafood for all kinds of those things. The company, when we apply, let's say, the Michael E. Potter Five Force analysis, it has a very competitive advantage. Let me give you an example. The company has a very high barrier to entry because in this irradiation business, you need to have a license to do this business. 
it also have a very low competition in this market because in Vietnam it's all already all has only four companies doing this business. And this one they have a very big market share, more than 30%. So it leads to the very high God profit margin for the companies. And it's also the only one company that can do uh, irradiate on the seafood, the frozen fruit for other com- and also the medical equipment. For other competitors, they can do only the, for the fresh uh, fruit only. So if, if we apply to the concept to analyze the company, I do believe that at that time, it's where you have a very so-called a DCA durable competitive advantage in almost all aspects. And when we take a look in terms of the valuation, at that time the company trade at only PE only five, and they pay a dividend almost ten percent a year. The revenue and also net profit of the company it have a very high growth, more than thirty percent years on years. When we take a look in both fundamental aspect and also valuation, I think I discover a very fantastic company this is sometimes we say there's it's like a diamond in the rough but right. here here you actually found a diamond right and nobody right. knew i i do believe at that time that i okay this stock gonna maybe change my life <laughs> so i start investing in it at that time and when the time passed i i do remember on the day march 7 of 2018 this year I read on the news the company that announced that this closed the, the results of their annual shareholder meetings when when I read on the news the stock price on that day it start hit the floor uh, in Vietnamese market when the stock hit the floor it means it's declined by 7% that is the maximum that capped by the, the regulator so I try to discover what happened and when I read on the, the content that the company provides, so the company, it decided to issue a new share. They did a private invest, uh, private placement for so-called their strategic shareholder. But the thing is that the price of the stock that they, that they did the private placement at 20,000 Vietnamese dong, 20,000 per share. But the current price that they trade on the market at that day is trade at 72,000 Vietnamese dong. You can compare, right? My they gosh. did the pirate placement, 20,000, but current price is 72,000. So, so, so that, with that type of difference, clearly the management must have known that the share price would collapse in the market or? I'm wondering, I, I still don't know exactly what the management thinking behind why they, they did some kind like this. And the market, when they heard about the news, they react very negative. Say this stock, it hit the floor by a 12 times within three weeks. The value outcome of the company is gone by more than 50%. And the thing is that because I try to react to the news, but in Vietnamese stock market, as you guys may know, it's still classified as the frontier market. And the liquidity is very low. So when something negative happens, basically you cannot, you cannot sell off your stock 
nobody that, did it. So let, let me ask you a question about that because I know a lot of people are interested in the Vietnamese market. But in this case, right. you have two questions that I have. When the stop opened each day, did it immediately gap down to the, to the limit? Right, okay. it immediately. So it may, may be because of somebody knows in advance right. before the company announcement. Got it. And then each day, it immediately dropped to the right. floor and it's right. dropping on a very tiny amount of volume or transactions of buys and sells each day. When it hits the 7% in the Vietnamese market, does that mean that trading is no longer allowed or can trading only happen at that price? You can trade only at that price. I mean, the floor price. Okay. Just in case if somebody bid for that price. But the thing is that nobody bid for that. It's only offer. <laughs> so basically, if you hold that stock, you cannot sell off it. And, and you need to yep, accept the consequence. Let's imagine that that stock was a large cap stock in Vietnam. Vietnam in mm -hmm. Thailand, in another market, there surely would have been enough volume that a small investor such as yourself, let's say an individual investor, right. could have exited that. Would you agree with that? I would say if it happened in Thai market, I think we can exit. For Vietnamese, when I take a look on the bid and offer, as you mentioned, nobody bid for that at all. Yep. <laughs> so this is a great example. I'm interrupting your story a little bit because I think I have questions about the Vietnamese market, but also it's a great illustration of how real liquidity risk can be. And right. sometimes, sometimes we say, well, you're a small investor, mm -hmm. don't worry so much about liquidity risk. You know, a big fund manager needs a lot of liquidity, but you don't need as much. But in fact, at the time that you need liquidity, which is when you want to get out, right. it may not be there at all. It may not be there. Okay. Because, so yeah, the, the volume of trade is way low. And I think at that time, everybody tried to figure out what happened. Were you able to exit or did you find out what happened and think about it or how did it go? Uh, first, I tried to figure out what the reason behind and I, I try to uh, find what is that strategic shareholder. Do they going to add value to, to the company when they chip in some money? And when I study to that strategic shareholder, the thing is that the company is just set up only six months ago at the time, and they have only four employees. In the news, they say that they maybe have some kind of relationship with the current management. It sounds not, not, not that good, right? At the end, I can exit from the stock, but when I did the exit, the price is going down by almost uh, 50%. That is the, uh, yep. How could management be so stupid? Mm -hmm to I, do something like that. I mean, even yeah. if, if they wanted to do a related party transaction, they, they, if they did it at a higher price, it wouldn't have been, you know, people wouldn't have noticed it as much or cared about it as much, but to do it at such a deep discounted price. I would say it's still, it's still not clear why they decided to do like that. But thing is, after one month passed, the management, they announced again and decide, they decided to revive some price, price that they did a private placement going up from 20,000 Vietnamese dong to 40,000 Vietnamese dong. The, the reason behind is still not clear why they do that. And it so, sounds so not reasonable at all. Mm. So and what the management did is totally destroy the value of the company. 
Amazing. And that, that's also a great lesson in the concept that sometimes good managers are not necessarily, you know, understand about how to interact with the, with the public markets. What they've been doing privately is something that, you know, when there's only a small number of shareholders or it's a family group or a small group, you know, what you're doing is protecting the interests of that group. But when you become a public company, you need to be thinking about the smaller shareholders and some just don't have an awareness of that. Share with us about what you learned from this experience. First thing first, I will say, when you invest in foreign market, you need to expect some so-called unexpected. Uh, it might, something might happen that you may be out of your mind, is out of your control. This is, in this case, it's a management decision. Even you do a, a lot of analysis, do evaluation, and you believe you found a, a so-called a diamond that might can change your life. But the management or the corporate governance of that company might not be good at that at the level on the stand, which the standard level. When you try to even I try to figure it out what happened, but the nature of frontier market, where how you access the information is very limited. Even I have some local Vietnamese friends or the investor and also the broker there, I try to ask them what happened, what actually happened. Didn't know as well. <laughs> yep, so the information is very limited. So what you, you, you can see is only on the, the news, on the website, that maybe is, is maybe too late. Got it. So it would say if you face some kind of this situation, first thing you might need to cut loss very fast. But in this case, even I try to cut loss, there is no liquidity that I can sell the, sell the stock out. All right, let me say a few things that I take away from this story. The first thing is frontier markets are really sexy. I mean, like people are talking about the macro economies and what could happen here and in fact there's been some good research about emerging markets index and what you can see is that that actually the performance isn't as good as the underlying economy think about china as a great example where the economy grew for 20 years at more than you know eight to ten percent annually and the stock market return over that period of time was about two percent annually and so what you can see is that just because there's a great underlying story, like in Vietnam, as an example, it doesn't mean that you can access that. In the case of Vietnam, it's very hard to access because of liquidity. But just right. because you can access that doesn't mean you're going to get the same returns as what is in the market. So that's right. the first thing is be careful about sexy stories about frontier markets and other things. The second thing is it's a great lesson about liquidity. And, and I think what I try to do is say, look, the company should have about a million dollars a day in average daily turnover or else it's too dangerous to get into. I've actually been working on some research. I haven't published it yet, but it's called Uncovered Asia. And I've looked across every market, including frontier markets in Asia. And I've eliminated the top 5% because that's where everybody's focused right now. And then I've eliminated the, the small and illiquid stocks. And then from that, I've gotten this area that I call uncovered, meaning uncovered because we haven't seen it, but also because analysts aren't covering it as much. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a huge opportunity across Asia, but the key thing is that some markets, such as Vietnam, have a tiny number of companies that you can invest in this area compared to other countries like China, as an example. So liquidity is really key, and I would suggest that we look at maybe 
half a million to a million dollars a day in turnover is kind of critical. The, the second thing, or let's say the third thing in this case, because I talked about sexy frontier market, is that um, I use a stop loss methodology for my quantitative strategy. But what you can see is that a stop, even having a stop loss in place isn't going to work because it's going to be, there's so thin volume involved here that it would be hard to execute. So what happens is it gaps down, as we say, and then very quickly you go past your stop loss without being able to execute. Um, the, the, the fourth thing that I would say is, is, is important is the concept of corporate governance. And that really right. is, in this story, it comes out that the management just really probably didn't think at all about minority shareholders mm -hmm. or right. how the market would react. And the fifth thing that I, I would highlight, I mean, there's a lot of things I got from this story. And this uh, Vietnam is obviously a hot market, so it's a good topic to discuss. Mm -hmm. it, is you know, we're so used to information flow. I mean, we're getting it in Facebook, and we're getting it on our mobile phones, and we're getting it on our everywhere. We're getting all this flow of information. But there's many frontier markets where part of the reason why they're frontier is because the flow of information is not complete, it's not efficient, and therefore finding out what's going wrong can right. be almost impossible. So those are my takeaways. Would you add anything to that? or I think that's cover or Yes, very good summary. Yeah. Yes. I, I'm glad that we had this uh, chat because there is a lot of interest in Vietnam. And mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people talk to me. And I've always been a bit surprised that there's so much interest when a study of all the countries across the region show that Vietnam has the smallest number of large and liquid companies. So it's very dangerous from a liquidity perspective. But based on what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn, I know in your job, we talked before the interview about setting strategies and helping clients to think about their strategies. So you've continued to learn. What one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate? I would say be careful, especially when you invest in foreign market, in frontier specifically. Try to follow the news, have closely, and also have some local network of investor or the, and the people that you can access to in the, the information. Another thing would be diversify. So do not put all your eggs in one basket. I'm lucky that I did not put that much of my investment in the stock. Even I, I lost around 50%, it's still okay to my overall portfolio. Great. That's a good lesson also on risk management, which is diversification. I think I would wrap up this section too, is to say if somebody, if you're really excited about a frontier market, maybe one of the best things to do is look for an ETF or a mutual fund that has exposure to that market. And that may be a good way to say, okay, I like the underlying economy story and I'm going to get exposure through this. And right. you use that instrument and let the fund managers and the institutions involved do the heavy lifting because they're the ones when that stock starts going down, you're not sitting there alone without a flow of information. It's actually the fund manager who's probably a Vietnamese person who's struggling to try to get that information. And so that's where a mutual fund can really add value. I think in particular in these frontier, let's say markets where there's less information. Right. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. Great. Great. Well, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, 
Weirawat, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Good luck on your investment. I do believe that if you work hard enough, do your best and never give up, I think you will be able to achieve anything you want in your life. All the success will eventually come to you. That's Beautiful. all my, yep. Beautiful. And uh, I, I totally agree. And I think one thing that we know working in the investment profession is that we are constantly learning. Right. And constantly learning means hopefully we're constantly growing. So great advice and great parting words for our audience. So that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, I'll see you on the upside.